Hi, I'm Peter Cowling, the General Manager of Renewable Sales for GE in the Asia-Pacific region. I'm here at the 2016 Australian Clean Energy Summit with two of the conference guest speakers, Anne McKinty, who heads GE's uh, global onshore wind business. Um, Anne's uh, previous experiences uh, in the oil and gas industry makes her well-placed to talk about the integration of renewables and other energy sources into a clean energy future. Also joined by JC Sandberg, who's the Managing Director of Global Government Affairs and Policy for GE Renewable Energy. In his role, he works to advance renewable energy policies around the world. JC, let's start with the big picture. Um, which countries worldwide are best managing the transition to a clean energy future? I think the obvious answer are probably the economies in Western Europe, and it's not perfect. But I think that they have done a reasonably good job of integrating renewables into the system. I think Germany is the one that always pops to mind as a frequent excited example. And, and what sort of policy framework is most successful at this well, point? Well, we're seeing that all, most of the developing world now is moving to competitive procurement, Pete. And so I think it's important as these uh, economies move away from whatever the, the current incentive structure is toward this auction system or competitive procurement that there's transparency, that there's transition, and that um, there's a long enough runway in, in doing that that it doesn't scare away investment in the interim. And I think mm -hmm. that, again, Germany seems to be a, a good example of that. Another place that seems to have handled with some early hiccups this competitive procurement well is Brazil. And as you know, yeah. we've, we've done a fair amount in Brazil and, and are significant players in the Brazilian market. Yeah. So you've been here all of two days. You've heard a lot about <laughs> South Australia. Um, the recent difficulties in the South Australian power supply process, I guess, um, have raised the issue of transition and planning the transition to a cleaner future. Are there any guiding principles you can pull out of this for, for getting it right? I think, as, as we've heard a lot over the last couple of days, it's is, is who is going to be the convener. And I think everyone needs to come with the, the idea that no one is going to get everything they want out of this, Pete. And I think that um, from the green community to conservative governments to the Labor Party and everybody else in the, in the middle, and, and also bringing along the state actors, which, as I've learned, being here for the last several days are, are powerful and significant actors in the market. So mm -hmm. how do all those groups come together willing to find a longer-term solution and kind of compromise in, in, as they get there? What can Australia do at this point to accelerate that transition? To renewable energy. Well, I think you've 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 got a, a good head start, as we heard last night um, from Josh Frydenberg. You, you've resolved the the renewable energy target debate, and there's not going to be a, real, a relitigation of that. And so, I think that that's one thing. I think the other thing is is Anne's talked about, and probably will talk about that. This idea of of PPA structure and longer tenors on the PPAs help uh, bring more investment uh, into the market, and just kind of the certainty around a vision and a framework is also going to bring uh, investors to the to the market and, and brings cheaper cost of capital and, and is going to drive down the cost for renewables. Yeah, great. And on the subject of uh, innovation, can you tell us what sorts of emerging technologies are likely to make a, a renewables, uh, uh, or to make renewables easier to connect to the grid? So look, as, uh, as we go around the world, it's all about technology innovation and having the lowest levelized cost of energy. And so we continue to make uh, nameplates larger on the machines, larger rotor diameters, and taller towers, which means more overall annual energy production. But in addition, we're also looking in a big way at digital and how we can be better stewards of the grid through our forecasting algorithms, 
uh, through our advanced plan of the day so that when the wind is blowing and the power needs are strong, we want to make sure that the turbines are running in uh, the most effective manner from an availability and performance. And so I'd say with our digital offerings, we're really trying to get so much more data-driven to optimize and be good stewards of the grid on the, the wind energy space. Fantastic. Can we actually forecast now? We can. So we have uh, co-developed with one of our key customers a great forecasting algorithm that has shown to uh, perform quite well and improve revenue streams of up to 3% for our customers. And I think here in Australia in particular, there is uh, a great opportunity to introduce that particular algorithm to say, can we get better at forecasting uh, next day uh, power for what we can deliver for our wind farms. So tell me, how important is wind energy going to be to the future global energy mix? Look, I think it's going to be huge. Um, you know, renewable energies are growing faster than any other form of power generation across the globe, and out by 2030, renewable energy should double. And so when you look at that, wind is a key enabler, whether it's solar, wind, hydro, Coupled with energy storage, um, it's really going to be an enabler to uh, provide energy diversity for countries, energy security, and ultimately a lower carbon emission. And Australia's wind resources make up about 5% of our electricity uh, generation today. How could we better expand that? Look, I, I think for Australia, um, you know, I applaud the country for its renewable energy target. I think that's step one. Um, step two is you need to have demand, and demand comes in two ways. It's either that there's natural demand through GDP growth, or there's demand through remixing the portfolio and reducing uh, the older generators and maybe the higher carbon emitters. And so I think the challenge for Australia is to now build that transition plan that in light of really very little um, organic demand of power, um, how do we transition to get a bigger percentage of renewables on the grid, which would be a, a longer-term play? Mm. Great. We look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell, us, tell us something about some of the exciting developments you're seeing in wind power. Uh, look, I, I think uh, you know, across, the, across the globe, and actually right here in Australia, I think there's some really uh, unique financial innovations that are occurring. Um, you know, we were really excited with the Ararat Wind Farm, 240 megawatts going in, uh, installed right now, being installed right now, where we were able to come up with a creative financial structure that combines um, some contracted power with some merchant power and bring in some investors. And I think as the industry continues to evolve, uh, JC talked about more auctions and competitive procurement. Um, you've got these interesting financial structures and you have less expensive form of capital come, forms of capital coming in because renewable energy is showing to be reliable energy with great returns. And so I, I think uh, you know, throughout the world, it's not just technology innovation with you know, new technologies, modularity. Do we need other sources of energy to, to mix with renewables in a clean energy future? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, our view of energy, the energy mix, energy diversity is going to be key for, for any particular market. And when you think about time of day demands uh, as consumers consume differently, uh, the wind isn't always going to be blowing and the sun isn't always going to be shining. And even with storage, there are going to be 
a lot of opportunities to diversify the energy mesh with both centralized generation uh, of traditional forms, centralized generation of renewable energy, and distributed generation. So I think we're going to see it evolve over the next 20, 30 years into something that looks very different than what we have today. And JC, thanks very much for your time today. Thanks for checking out this podcast from GE Reports. And thanks to Renew Economy for letting us make this guest appearance on their site. For more great stories about technology, science and ideas that make a difference, head over to gereports.com.au.